Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hi, Katie. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, Missa? Good. Into the solstice spirit. We're recording this a couple weeks early. Uh, we're back to recording. We took a little hiatus um, from recording. We still got our episodes out every two weeks, like promised. Uh, but we're actually recording somewhat close to when the episode's coming out. So it's a little bit different vibe. Yep. Yeah, and uh, the solstice is this weekend, which should be really fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been, for my magic stuff, I've... Actually, because I was so busy with my move and all that stuff, I felt kind of separated from my spirituality and like still doing my basic stuff, but not connecting in the same way. And I'm finally just now starting to get back into it. And uh, I started going to this monthly intuitive tarot meetup, which was really good. And um, that's that sounds so cool. Yeah, no, it's actually really cool. Our last meetup was on Friday and it was like the perfect thing that I needed to like help me get back into my spirituality. And yeah, it was great. Well, that's good to hear. I've been trying to watch witchy Christmas movies, um, which sounds hard. Uh, There's the journey to the Christmas star, which is on the only place I can find it for free is on IMDB TV, which is an app that you could get for your like Amazon Fire, probably your smart TV. Um, and um, it's a Norwegian film. It's dubbed. It's pretty good, except for one character's dubbing is so bad, it almost ruins the whole movie. Uh. Uh, <laughs> and I can't think of the other Christmas movie that my, my witchy. Oh, and I haven't watched it yet this season, but I'm so excited. I think. Um, For the solstice, I'm going to watch The Hogfather, which is a Mm. Terry Pratchett-based movie. Yeah, that should be good. Terry Pratchett is hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's such a great movie. I watched it for the first time last year. I think I bought it from Amazon Prime because I couldn't find it for free anywhere. And I was like, I want to give this one money. Yay. Well, sounds like a good tradition. Yeah, which I'll have to like paganify myself because I'm going to Catholic church on the solstice for my nephew's baptism. That'd be interesting. That, yeah, that's a thing. That's one of the fun things about, you know, being pagan Having... in a Christian family. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Coming from a Catholic family. Super fun. Mm-hmm. I'll just show up with my blue hair. Y'all. I tried to dye my hair like this cool icy blue color and so I mixed a silver and a blue and it turned out gray, just fully mm. gray. So I am ordered some more blue and I'm going to try to fix it. But if not, I'm just going to have to have my hair in a bun for solstice and Christmas and mm. uh, hope it washes out. Yeah, well, you're using just overtone, so it's not permanent permanent. Oh, no. I mean, no fantasy colors are super permanent, but... It's still, everyone's like, did you do something different with your hair? I'm like, yeah, I dyed it gray on accident. I'm 29. I'm not naturally gray. <laughs> I didn't go yeah. gray over one weekend, y'all. I mean, it still looks blue enough. I saw I saw Mrs. Picture, and in my opinion, she kind of just looks like Elsa. But I don't think you look as bad <laughs> as you think you do. 
I don't think it looks terrible, but no one has come up to me and been like, oh my God, I love your hair. They're like, did you do something different with it? <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's such a nice way to say, I don't know whether or not I like it, but I noticed that it's different. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Uh, okay, should we get into today's episode? Yeah, so we wanted to give um, New Witches some resources because really the act of creating your witchcraft craft practice is pretty personal if unless you're going through a coven route. But I think these days that's less common than kind of creating your own path that you want to follow uh, or doing your own research to find, like, say, a coven that you want to work with. Um, and the way that Missa and I have really done that are through like um, books and podcasts and other extraneous resources. So we were just going to, you know, go through our list of recommendations for new witches. Yeah. Um, again, there are definitely probably still some witches out there. Definitely, probably uh, <laughs> some witches out there that go through like a full initiation into a coven and they have their own rites and their own book of shadows to practice. But um, there are so many solitary witches out there. And for so long, um, it was hard to get your hands on source materials to find out, you know, what kind of the best options for you were for you were and for your path. Um, like Scott Cunningham's, um, the guide to solitary witch Wicca or something like that. I have it in the other room. Mm -hmm. Um, but like that was everyone's like book. Cause you know, there was only yeah. a few books and now there's, there's so many resources and we've got the internet and like a much bigger community. So we've got a lot of solitary practitioners who aren't so solitary anymore. So it's a, a different world now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, another classic solitary witch book, I think, is just like Solitary Witchcraft by Silver Ravenwolf. Um, but there's better books that have, I, I don't know better because I haven't read that book or the Cunningham book. Um, but there are so many more resources. I think most of the books that are on my list have come out like just in the last uh, uh, five or ten years. Um, yeah, I mean... Well, I, I mentioned many times that I did a thesis on witchcraft and man, I wish I could go back and rewrite that thesis based off of all the books that are out now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, so and then that's... again, the books, oh, I was going to say that the, the books that used to be out, I mean, there were some guides, you know, like we were talking about um, on how to actually perform your craft, but a lot of the stuff before was more um, academic and scholarly. And so not necessarily something you would pick up if this was something you were actually trying to physically practice. It was more if you wanted to know the theory behind it. Yeah. Or a lot of the old, like the old books that Wicca is based off of are kind of trying to be source material. Um, I haven't read that many of them. I think it, those books are something that I would probably go back to kind of to have an academic basis for what I'm learning now eventually. Um, but those books were making more or less a foundation for Wicca by creating this history out of um, what they said were historical resources for goddess, wor goddess worship and stuff like that. Yeah. So again, there's, there's so many more 
options available. So we wanted to kind of run through you with you all tonight, today, wherever, whenever you're listening to this, um, what resources that we've found ha- helpful. Again, we're not experts. We haven't read all of the books, listened to all the podcasts, gone to all the websites. Um, but this might help you kind of know starting out points. And as far as books go, um, there's no witch Bible, despite what many book titles will tell you they are. You're not going to find one single book that tells you everything you need to know about your practice. Um, And you might find a book that some things in it are great. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so useful. I love these three chapters and the rest of the book is garbage. Or you might find Mm -hmm. a book that you're like, this book is perfect, except for this one chapter is garbage. So it's okay Mm -hmm. to to vibe with some parts of a book and not another. I definitely do that all the time. And that I, one of the books I'm going to be talking about tonight, I'll go over. A, a, I don't think it's garbage. It's just some parts weren't for me. And you're, you'll definitely mm-hmm. run into that in any resource you find. Yep. All, all right, right well, Katie, you want to kick us off with the books? So my first book recommendation um, is Drawing Down the Moon by Margot Adler. And I think this is a good book if you're a skeptic and kind of want to dip your toe and try to figure out what witchcraft is and if it's for you, or alternatively, if you want a broad cultural or historical perspective of witchcraft, because not only does she explain from an uh, semi-outsider's point of view um, what witchcraft is, but she also goes into um, the history of witchcraft and how it started And also the different variations or subcultures of witchcraft that exist as well. So it's a really good way to kind of get a broad perspective of what witchcraft is today. And, you know, if you're a beginner witch, it could also give you some ideas of like, okay, well, maybe I want to check out this or maybe I want to go in this direction or I definitely want to stay the hell away from that. So I think that's just generally a good foundation if you're checking to see if you're even into it um yeah um I've been reading it off and on um it's a pretty big tome and so Mm -hmm. I've in between books I'll read a couple of chapters um but it's definitely what I've read so far is really great and I can't wait to get through the rest of it Mm -hmm. yeah I think that was my first witchcraft book and that's the one where I think I got through the section explaining witchcraft and into the history of witchcraft. And I was like, well, okay, this makes sense to me. I'm going to start like figuring out how to do this. Um, Yeah. And then the next book I was going to recommend is DIY magic by Anthony Alvarado. And in all transparency, drawing down the moon and DIY magic are the two books that Pam Grossman recommended in one of her first few um, uh, witch wave episodes for beginner witches. But I didn't read this right away. I actually read this a little bit into my practice. And in all honesty, I wish that this was the first spell book or magic book that I had read because it is really good. It does a really good job of teaching you what magic is or like showing you what magic is. If you're having a hard time conceptualizing it or trying to learn exactly how to create it or what it is. And It does it really practically. Um, An example is the first um, exercise it has you do is to try to do this old trick of like taking a nap with a ball in your hand. That way, whenever you fall fully asleep, the ball rolls out of your hand and wakes you up. um, And 
it kind of helps you see like there's this liminal space and then you're supposed to get up and write whatever you were dreaming of um, before you were woken up, that kind of thing. And it's supposed to teach you like kind of the weird way your brain works and how you are able to create magic and do spell work. And it only goes on from there. Like that's the first exercise and then it gets more advanced as you go through it. And I mean, in all honesty, I think that's a really, it's a very pragmatic way of teaching you what magic is. Yeah, that's cool. That's one I haven't checked out. I'll add it to my ever-growing list. Mm -hmm. no, <laughs> Welcome to Witchcraft. Your your book list will, <laughs> you'll never get all the way through your book list ever again. Yes, all of the witches I know are avid readers. And witchcraft is just uh, encouraging that problem. So, Yeah, Katie's definitely more of a reader than I am. Um, I've mentioned this before as well that she just can absorb and retain immense amounts of knowledge so she could get through books way faster than I can. Um, I'm not trying to say that I'm stupid or slow or anything like that. It's just we have different learning styles. And so mm -hmm. that's she picks up things from learning way better than I do. Um, but you mentioned Pam Grossman. And I actually wanted to talk about her book, Waking the Witch, um, mm -hmm. that just came out this year. It's not necessarily a step-by-step -step guide to witchcraft like some of the other books that we're talking about. Um, it is more of a scholarly academic type book, but I found it very useful because, again, all of a lot of the other scholarly books that I was reading before um, weren't up to date. They weren't talking about modern witchcraft. They were talking about witchcraft of, you know, the 70s, 80s, maybe even early 90s. But, you know, Pam Grossman really brings, and, and Waking the Witch brings witchcraft into the 21st century I found it really helpful to to have her bring witchcraft again into the 21st century and um, look at witchcraft just how it's progressed in my lifetime so if you're into a more academic read um, kind of about the not necessarily history of witchcraft but hit witchcraft in modern culture, it's definitely a, a really interesting read. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't read it yet, but it's on it's on my list of like books that I have to get to soon, and I'm very excited. I've heard good things about it. I've heard that it's a good like philosophical look at witchcraft, and I've only heard good things about her book. Yeah, she's phenomenal, and we're going to talk about her later on in the podcast too. So mm -hmm. I'll let you get to your next book, Katie. Yeah. So my next book is Craft for the UK version or Inner Witch uh, by it for the uh, US version by Gabriella Hurstick. Um, and this is just a really great book for learning just witchy basics. So how to cast a circle or how to ground um, basic spells. She has a really good section on um, on moon magic and like different it, she walks you through how you do different spells for different moons for different moon phases and uh she really just has a section for everything she has crystal she has astrology she has um tarot so it's a really good beginner book for witches um there are some things that i don't really agree with like she talks about smudging and i mean she is a woman of color so that is uh, 
maybe I'm not right to judge there, but I know that smudging and the use of sage, first of all, smudging is a very specific uh, right, a Native American right. And it's not right to say that it's not correct to say that you are smudging if you're just cleansing your home with sage smoke. Um, and also white sage is becoming endangered because people are over harvesting it. So there's been this movement towards using alternate herb bundles for smoke cleansing like mugwort or juniper or cedar. Those are some really common ones here in Colorado um, where I live. Um, but yeah, she does do some little faux pas like that. So I wouldn't say this book is perfect, but I think it's a great book if you like I didn't know how to cast a circle. And so I read this book and then I learned how to cast a circle, that kind of thing. Yeah. And again, I read that book as well. And it really does have a little bit of everything. It's a great resource. I pull it out all the time um, just to, again, like circle casting or it's got like a nice chart for tarot. That's really easy to just kind of glance at crystals, like lots of charts and stuff. It's very visually helpful to as a quick reference guide, I find. Mm -hmm. Yep. And um, Gabby Herstick is um, very young. I think she's maybe in her early to mid twenties. Mm -hmm. um, so she definitely has, the book has a, like a nice fun, youthful vibe um, and doesn't feel like it's written by not to diminish the value of our, foremothers and forefathers in witchcraft but it's it's nice to have a refreshing um younger take on the craft mm -hmm. yes although there are some older voices in modern witchcraft like i just found out today because i was listening to old episodes that jessica lignato is in her 40s which she is so <laughs> wise and i appreciate her so greatly and her wisdom from her 40 years is totally perceptive or you can see it in the wisdom that she gives her listeners in her podcast. So there is value to our older witch, or witch community, but it's refreshing to hear from the younger witch community as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Did you have another book yeah. after that that you wanted to talk about? Yeah. And then the next book that I'd recommend um, is kind of unique. It's a house magic by Erica Feldman. Um, and this oh, is, I want to read that one so badly. Yeah. No, and it's actually really good. I think it is very much a beginner witch book, though. Um, it's kind of a streamlined look at witchcraft basics through the lens of working with your home. Um, and I think it's just kind of this non-threatening, very light, and also aesthetically pleasing, like half of the book is photos. Um, and I think it's a good book for people who are witch curious, but aren't like super duper um, set in it. That being said, I, you know, I did read it and I enjoyed it immensely. There are a lot of good ideas in there for working witchcraft into your home. It was also a little awkward though, because I read it because my stepmother bought it for me. So, you know, it's a gift. I felt obligated to read it, but I kind of read it at the same time that I was like dismantling my old home because I had to move out. So yeah. So is that the book that arrived for you in the mail with no note? Yep, exactly. Yeah. That's the book that arrived in the mail with <laughs> I no think note. We've, yeah, I think that got brought up on our previous episode. I just, I love that story. Yep. Just you texting everyone being like, did you send me the book? Did you send mm -hmm. me the book? Who sent me the book? Yep. No, it's a, yeah. No, and I was very happy to get it. But for example, like, 
I have certain friends where if they wanted a recommendation for a book to read, this would be the book I would recommend to them because it's like it's a very beautiful book and it explains the basics pretty well, but it's also it doesn't delve so deeply into it that it's hard to understand or is intimidating. So well, that's cool. Yep. Yeah. And it sounds like it's good for everyday kind of magic again, like incorporating it into your home. Because mm-hmm. um, I find I don't necessarily have time for rituals and, you know, all the time. And so sometimes just the everyday magic that I do, the small things are how I incorporate it into my practice, like what I'm wearing or what's around my house, things like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. Um, now going back to, or another quick reference guide that I really like, um, is it's, it's not a quick reference, but I, that's what I use it for now that I've read it is enchantments by Maya Spalter. Um, I've mentioned this, uh, cause I went to New York and I got to go to the enchantment store earlier this year, which was amazing. Uh, and it's such a fun read. Um, so it's super informational. It's got a lot of, again, like lists and stuff. So good for quick reference. Um, but she writes in a way like you're having a conversation with her. So it's just a really fun read. It feels like you're talking to your friend and she's telling you about magic and like how things work in a no bullshit kind of way. Um, rather than being like a step-by-step step instructional guide. And this is how you be a witch. So I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, no, I haven't read it. I think I heard the author's interview on Witchwave, and it's not, she sounded really knowledgeable. And I don't know, I'm just so, I have so many books. I think that'd be something where, oh, girl. oh, sorry. Oh, no, I just said yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's one of the, it didn't like call me enough to like go and buy it, but it, that's one of those things where if like someone bought it for me, I would read it. But also, I have so many books, I need to have yeah. less books. And I keep buying yeah, that book. Actually, that book uh, actually did call to me and you might find this in your practice. So maybe you've been thinking about a book and you like see somebody else on Instagram reading it or you hear about it in a podcast. So that one I learned about on the witch wave and then fa- like was going to New York and I was like, oh, I wonder if I can go to that store while I'm there. And my friend, I texted my friend that lives there and I said, I'm going to New York. Um, like, can we hang out? And she said, yes, can I take you to my favorite witch store? And I was like, I hope it's Enchantments. And she texted me a picture of the book in her book bag. And I was like, oh, my God, seriously? So it was just like, okay, I have to get the book now. It's it's mm-hmm. done. <laughs> yeah. And so it, was, it would definitely was a book that it chose me. Yep, exactly. And sometimes that happens. And that's a lot of what your witchcraft practice is, is just figuring out what resonates with you and what you want to study because you shouldn't be like you know reading a million um Cunningham books or original gardenarian texts because you feel like that's what you want to read you should be reading whatever engages you spiritually yes absolutely or listening to us because I swear you all right now I'm, I'm actually taking a break from nonfiction and diving into some witchy fiction books just because my brain needed a reset. It's the holidays. I need to not be in such like a scholarly mindset, but I am trying to get through these like witchy one ones to report back to everyone and let you know whether or not I like them. If I didn't like them, I probably won't tell you about them. I might 
post on Instagram that I'm reading them and then never mention them again. So if that happens, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to get through these books and share them with other witches. So I don't necessarily know that I still need witchy one-on-ones at this point in my practice. I might finally mm-hmm. be at a stage where I'm ready to move on, um, but I'm going to keep reading them to, sh- to share them with other people. Yep. And that's very and, noble and- of you. I am past that. <laughs> Actually, I take it back. I still have a few witchy one-on-ones that I want to read just because they look really interesting, but like, I think I am at that point because I think the last witchy 101 book I read, I was like, this is all stuff I know already and I want to do more advanced things. Um, Yeah, Enchantments was like that for me. I read it and there was nothing in there that was new to me, but it was still very engaging. And I think that's probably why I liked it was even though it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily information I needed. It was information I enjoyed. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I would recommend it to other people. Exactly. All right. What do you got next for me, Katie? Um, So next is actually, I think, a favorite of both yours and mine. And it is Light Magic for Dark Times by Lisa Marie Basile. Um, And it's just... Yes. Yes. And it, first of all, it's a book about self-care. It's a book about spells and rituals and just simple things you can do to help pull you out of a dark space or to really help you help yourself. Um. And all the spells are just really simple and effective. Um, and I also love it because it's so anti-materialist and anti-commercial witchcraft. Um, and, um, so there's a list of 10 tools. And with those 10 tools, you can do all of the spells in the book. Um, and I feel like that's really important, especially because in this day and age, especially with you know witches of itch- Instagram and stuff, um, there is... emphasis on things in witchcraft and on um, materialism which it's a spiritual practice you shouldn't be required to spend a hundred dollars on crystals in order to connect with um, the goddess or you know the spirit of the earth or whatever you personally connect to Um, and I feel like that sort of attitude of stepping away from materialism is a good thing to learn early in your practice. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. That was also one of the things I really enjoyed about her book. Um, I actually, that's one of the ones I want to go back and reread in 2020. Um, I think it came out in 2018 Mm -hmm. and I read it when it first came out, but that was still again, toward the middle beginning of my practice Um, and so I wasn't sure where I was going and what I was needing. And so I read it, but I just kind of like read it like it was a book and I want to go back and like pick out certain things to do in the book and, and Mm reread some of the sections. But I mean, I highly recommend it. That was the book, um, our mutual best friend when we, um, for her birthday, she wanted some witchy books. And so, um, that was a book that I chose or one of them that I chose to give to her, um, to, to see if it was something that she was interested in because again, they're just simple things that you, you need like a white candle and a quartz crystal and like a pen. <laughs> it, they're really simple things that, that are available to mm-hmm. most people. Yeah. And it's just such a good book. I'm personally like spell books to me are a little bit like reading recipe books. You can go in and you can't learn a lot just from reading them, but really you kind of read them and then you need to go back and you need to do them in order to fully learn from them. So what I'm actually doing with this book right now is I'm 
you know, working through it and like picking up book, like picking out the spells I want to do and I want to work with. And it's, yeah, it, it's working really well for where I am with my life right now. That's great. All right. And then my last book recommendation um, is actually a little bit more of a resource than like, I don't know, it's different. Um, it's the Greek myths by Robert Graves. And this is a really weird book for me to recommend. Um, I got my copy of that book because it was my grandmother's from the fifties, like first edition from the fifties. And she was getting rid of it and she knew that I really liked mythology. So she gave it to me. Um, and I think I've had this book for 10 years and I haven't read it. Um, but then I finally sat down and read it this past year and it's, uh, it's bonkers this book. Cause it talks about, um, Okay, so basically what it does is it looks at each myth and it tells the myth. And then after that is a section that is a archaeological or historical or cultural explanation of the myth. And it's just bonkers the stuff he talks about because he talks, this book was written in the 50s and he talks about the triple goddess and he talks about all these things. And a lot of it is just like, this myth is an explanation for ancient sacrificial rites. And you're, I wish that I had paid more attention to things that he did like that because at first I was like well I can't apply that to my practice but really he's talking about ancient spell work that the Greek pagans used to do and now I'm like oh should I like go back and you know obviously I can't like do sacrificial rites but you can imitate it and stuff like that um so it's really interesting and I brought bring this up to make the point that um these beginner witch books are where you want to start but eventually, once you get your footing and you move on to the next part of your practice, you are going to want to start looking at, you know, mythology or folklore or old grimoires from the um, Middle Ages or Renaissance, because those d still do float around. And that is the basis for a lot of people's practices or look at historical records. You really want to start going back to original sources to try to figure out where you want to, how you want your practice to grow. Yeah. Um, my last book is, is similar in a way that it's not super necessarily a beginner witch book. I, it is and it isn't. Um, it's uh, Honoring Your Ancestors by Mallory. And I'm so sorry, I'm not going to say this last name right. I've heard it said like 12 times, but my brain will not compute it into a name that I can say, which is shocking because I have learned three different languages. And so I'm usually pretty good at pronunciation. I'm not fluent in three different languages, y'all. That's I've just taken the classes. Um, but it's Mallory Vadois or something like that. Again, very sorry that I'm not saying this last name right. Um, it looks French, but I don't think she's French. And so my brain, for whatever reason, can't do it. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I, now that I'm moving forward in my practice, one of the things that I want to add in is ancestor veneration. Um, my maternal grandmother was very Catholic, um, but all, and would never have considered herself witchy, but looking back at a lot of the things that she did, those became kind of the basis of my witchcraft practice. Um, my and my mom too like my whole family is very witchy and again they they wouldn't call themselves witchy that's a label that I've put on it 
Um, but again, those were the things that made me a witch. Um, a side note, I was at my mom's house or at my parents' house last weekend. And my mom complained that she didn't have a certain herb. And I like grabbed the container out of the cupboard. And I was like, yeah, you have it right here. And I open it up and it's empty. And I was like, why do you have the empty container? She's like, oh, well, those are the old containers. I dry them myself and I put them back in there. I just haven't picked any and dried them recently. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so all these containers are filled with herbs from your garden that you dry yourself. Okay. And you wondered why I dragged you to a witch store in New York. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I really liked this book. Uh, the author talks about how when she started her ancestry practice, there weren't a lot of other kind of ancestry practice 101 or ancestry veneration 101 uh, books out there. And so she wanted to create something as a foundation for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I like that aspect about it. And there was um, a lot in there that I think would be good as a foundation for me and my practice going forward. Um, again, it wasn't a perfect book. She's got a Catholic background, but it seems like she still might, I think, is a practicing Catholic. And so there was a lot of saint work and Catholic work in there that I wouldn't add to my own practice. Um, she's also discusses some other um, uh, religion and, and cultures that she's not a part of, um, but that she has studied. And so she's, she might not be the expert or, you know, the person that you might want to go to for that specific practice. Um, but she has, you know, researched this extensively and, and, and done the work. Um, so it, it is again, just a, a good foundation, um, to branch off of, not a a Bible for sure, but uh, I really appreciated it as a, a place for me to start that practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I actually just finished that book myself and I, there are parts of it that I really connected with. And I think what that book is very good at is helping give you a path to create your own practice. All of our ancestors are different. So all of our ancestor veneration is going to be different, but she kind of creates this interesting framework. And I, I do agree with you there. Like to me, she kind of went on a bit long, which is a weird thing to say for a book. That's only 200 pages long. Um, <laughs> I but- agree. And I'm going to admit that's the book that broke me. That's why I moved to uh, fiction because it, I've been trying to read a book every moon cycle and that one took me two. And I was like, this is such a short book. How did it take me so long? So I was like, all right, fiction break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. It's a good book. I feel like probably the first four or five chapters are more valuable than the rest of the book, but um, I don't know to each their own, you could read it and it could be exactly what you need. So. Yeah. And again, like if you're looking more into ancestry work, um, I would definitely pick up this book. Um, I think it's going to be really helpful for me in the future. And one of the things I really um, appreciated about it was, well, two of the things really um, that your ancestors are not just your ancestors of blood, but your ancestors of spirit. Mm-hmm. And I, I really related to that. Um, because I, I've often thought about, you know, not just the women in my family that came before me, but all the women that came before me, um, all the witches that came before me, the women who um, 
not necessarily witches, but you know, the, the medicine women, um, the, the healers, um, the, the women who, the midwives and, and people like that, that the women of the, the village, I've, I've always appreciated that kind of, I don't necessarily want to say archetype, but that woman in history. And so reading this book made me realize that, yes, I absolutely should be putting those people in my practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, that though my direct ancestry are Christians, you know, in that my, the, the ancestry I know of Christianity has only been around for 2000 years. I had mm-hmm. ancestry before 2000 years ago. So mm-hmm. even though I don't have their names, I do have ancestors who were pagans who did worship the, you know, maybe some of the same deities that I'm worshiping now, which I don't know why, but I'd never really thought of that concept before. Mm-hmm. I'd only ever thought of my ancestors in the ones that I could trace back. Mm-hmm. And the final thing that I really liked about that was she talks in there about um, thinking about your own, like dying well and what you're leaving behind for your descendants. And I won't have descendants by blood, um, but I will have descendants by spirit. And so I think that knowing that I will one day be part of someone's ancestral veneration practice as well, um, was really powerful for me in how I'm living my life now. Yep. Very well put. Okay. So we went on a really long time about those books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I think we're going to go through podcasts real quick and mm-hmm. then um, finish out with just some bits and bobs. And mm-hmm. then we'll let you all on your way to have, Uh, a very merry new year but uh katie did you want to start with your uh, podcasts okay um so i have quite a few so obviously the witch wave with pan grossman we've talked about that show a lot go listen to it if you haven't gotten the hint yet um also um the fat feminist witch which is hosted by Paige, the fat feminist witch um, it's just yes. a really badass and unapologetic perspective on witchcraft, and it's a mix of interviews, book reviews, and informational episodes. Um, yeah, I really feel like, again, like I was talking about with Enchantments with Maya Spalter, Paige's podcast feels like I'm talking to a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, it's really conversational. It's really fun, easy to listen to. Yep. And even though she's been a witch for a long time and has a really established practice, I still don't feel like I'm ever being like talked down to or like, Oh gosh, she knows so much more than me. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's really nice to hear on a podcast. Yep. And then um, hippie witch with Joanna DeVoe. This is a very woo woo yet like not goddess centered um, staple. And it's part interviews, part um, Joanna monologuing. And she focuses a lot about shadow work and bettering yourself and kind of facing your inner demons um, one book or one resource that I think is actually very valuable is New World Witchery with Corey and Lane. Um, it's two folk witches uh, discussing witchcraft specifically in North America. Um, Corey is actually a professor of folklore at a university in Pennsylvania. So he's actually really knowledgeable and um, they're 
uh, format is part conversational podcast between the two hosts. And then there's also some storytelling and interview episodes. And they also just do really great Yule and Samhain specials. So every Samhain they do a series of um, scary stories. I think they do like one a week for the entire month. And then they do a Yule special every year, which is part music, part stories. It's They do a really good job, I think, of looking at folklore and um, kind of the more um, the more uh, informational perspective of looking at witchcraft. Um, and then uh, then there's Betwixt and Between, which is hosted by um, two women who go by the pseudonyms Betwixt and Between. And uh, it's just a conversational episode between those two hedge witches. Um, and they actually have founded their own tradition. And um, they both actually almost became Christian clergy, which is very interesting. So if you are a Christian witch, uh, you might want to look at them because I think that they do incorporate some of their former Christianity into their practice. Um, and then, of course, Ghost of a Podcast with Jessica Lignato. I actually just started listening to this episode at Mrs. Recommendation. And I just think it's a really informative uh, uh, Q&A podcast with a weekly horoscope. And it teaches you a lot about astrology. Yeah, I, I love Ghost of a Podcast. Um, it's it's a short podcast, too, so it's really easy to get through. Um, and the the weekly horoscopes are so helpful because you I've learned so much not only about like what to plan for in the week ahead um but also just like oh well that's what that means and that's how I can um how I can adjust in the future what to look out for Mm -hmm. so it's it's super informational if you're into not only your natal chart um but then also and I've I talked about this during the astrology series was that the signs don't only exist in your birth chart. They're existing as we live every day. And so that's what her weekly horoscopes talk about is like, and it's, it's not horoscopes. Like if you're a Libra sun, this is what you should expect. Um, it's more like, Hey, this is what the planets are doing and the Zodiac sign is doing to everyone. So everyone should look out for this this week. Mm-hmm. And then my last podcast is tarot for the wild soul with Lindsay Mack. Um, th- the format changes, especially because every like year or so she's like, I'm sick of doing this format, so I'm going to change it and do this instead. (laughs) Um, But it's just a really great resource for learning intuitive tarot. Um, And Lindsay just has so much wisdom as well. Um, And it's every week. um, She does monthly kind of uh, tarot predictions for what we need to look out for. And that's always nice. And it just makes my soul happy listening to her. And yeah, she's there's just a lot of wisdom in her podcasts. Yeah. Um, I've listened to a few episodes. I'm behind on all my podcasts. I do this. I like listen to all my podcasts and I run out of things to listen to. And I'm like, ah, how have I listened to everything? And then also I'll add one more podcast in and then I get behind on all of the rest of them. So I haven't listened to that one in a couple of weeks, but it's, it, it's again, definitely really helpful. I've learned a lot about tarot and also just a lot about healing mm-hmm. um, on her podcast. Yep. Right. Um, did you have a podcast to add to that? 
No, I think you covered all the podcasts. I mean, you and I, anytime we listen to a podcast, we recommend it to the other one. So I think we listen to all the same ones. Um, the only one I don't really listen to uh, is Joanna DeVoe's podcast. I don't know why I've never gotten into her podcast. I follow her on Twitter. Um, the podcast follows her on Twitter and on Instagram. I love her as a person. She's phenomenal. But for whatever reason, I, I've started listening to her podcast a couple of times and I just, it's one that I haven't gotten into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, but she's fantastic. She's fantastic. It is a little woo woo. Don't go back and listen to her first episodes. She actually has gone back and said my first episodes. I don't believe in them anymore because I think she recorded them almost 10 years ago and she was a completely different person. And she actually removed those from ones you can download. Like you have to go into our archives if you want to find those episodes. Um, but yeah, I would recommend just like starting listening from the get go. Um, yeah. Or from now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But again, I think we all listen to pretty much the same podcasts. So um, I also wanted to mention about po- one of the great things about podcasts is that they're free. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, sure, there are some people that have like Patreons and things where you can get bonus material. Um, but for the most part, podcasts are a free resource for you. And I think that is just phenomenal that we have access to so much. Um, we talked a lot about books. Books can get expensive. Uh, I would really recommend if you can't afford books or, you know, if you're trying to cut costs somewhere, I get it. I Money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Go to your local library. If your library doesn't have their books, request them. And that um, you requesting the book not only supports the author, but then that makes the book available to maybe other people in your area that didn't know about the book and might find it when they're browsing, you know, once you're done reading the book. So mm-hmm. definitely, you know, check out your local library it, it, as an alternative to, to buying the book yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if you do want to buy the book because you want to have a massive collection of witch books like me, because you're a crazy person, you could also do that. Yeah. I keep on being like, oh, I'm going to get rid of these books eventually. But at each witchcraft book I read, I'm like, no, I think that there's something here. I don't think I want to get rid of it. Like, even when I read that Z Budapest book, I was like, oh my gosh, so much of this is garbage. But also there's like these three things and I'm not going to get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, well, I have a tendency to write in my books. I mean, I use an erasable pen, but it's not mm-hmm. that erasable. Um, so the books I'll like have written all over a book and I'll get it to the end of it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of don't want this book anymore, but I guess it's mine forever. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, so our last section I've just entitled miscellaneous slash Google it. Um, And that's because there is just (laughs) so much out there. And really, like, you can just Google stuff. When I was first getting into working with crystals, I didn't have books as resources. I just Googled a lot of the associations with the crystals that I realized, like, I already had in my jewelry, that kind of thing. Um, And there's so much out there. And also... The resources we gave you one, just a single one of those resources can lead you to so many other places. Like for example, I discovered Lindsay Mack through the witch wave podcast and through just, that's just one example of one of those episodes. And through Lindsay Mack, I started listening to her podcast. And then I, um, you know, I bought a tarot deck from an artist who she interviewed. I um, have started taking some of her classes for her to teach me about tarot. I started going to a monthly intuitive tarot meetup because that's specifically what she teaches. She teaches intuitive tarot. So, um, you know, 
I also found New World Witchery through listening to um, the Witch Wave podcast. That's one that Pam Grisman actually recommended. Um, and then there's also some other things like resources that I don't even use. For example, um, when uh, Pam interviewed the Hood Witch, um, Brie Luna, she talked about her online community, which I've never check that out, but maybe that's something that would resonate with you. There's just so much out there. And if you just start at a single space, it can lead you in infinite directions. Yes, I agree. Uh, one resource that I actually, when I was first starting out that I used a lot was Pinterest. Um, and I'm not talking about like cutesy little like Pinterest crafts. Um, there are a lot of like charts that I found on Pinterest, um, you know, links to websites um, spells, um, you know, ways to celebrate different sabbats and things like that. Um, that are available on, on Pinterest, Instagram. Again, a lot of people are posting those kinds of similar things on Instagram now. Um, and then you might see someone on Instagram, you know, post something in their story and that's going to lead you to something else. So mm -hmm. there's, you know, this great online community again, you know, Googling it, Pinterest, Instagram, all kinds of things mm -hmm. that you're going to find that are really useful. Again, free for you. Um, we want to make witchcraft accessible. Oh, hello dog. Yeah. And just, I really, and <laughs> like, I don't, I'm not on Twitter, but I really enjoy working with witchcraft through Instagram just because it's, you know, I'm on Instagram every day. It's a really easy way for you to introduce magic into your everyday life. Um, and I do just want to give an example of one of my follies as an example of do a little bit of research before jumping into this stuff, um, you know, just wholeheartedly. Um, when I was reading Drawing Down the Moon, in one section, she talks about feminist witchcraft and she talks about Z Budapest being kind of the example of the feminist witch. And, you know, I'm a feminist. I was just learning this stuff and I was like, oh, okay, perfect. I should probably read some of Z Budapest stuff. Um, so I went and I bought a book and it like sat on my bookshelf for a few months. And then in that meantime, I found out through another resource that Z Budapest is actually a TERF. And if you don't know what that is, that's a trans exclusionary radical feminist. Um, Which is a bullshit term because I don't think that you could be a feminist and be trans exclusionary. Those yes. two things are yes, <laughs> incompatible with each other. Yes. We only believe in intersectional feminism in this house. Um, Hell yes. Yes, exactly. So I, yeah, so then I was like, well, I have this book. I ended up actually just reading it recently because it's like, well, she is still kind of the founder of feminist witchcraft and she did a lot of things for witchcraft. Um, for example, she was the first person to really create spaces just for women within witchcraft, whereas before there was this weird dynamic where men and women were supposed to be equal, but because of that, like men still kind of controlled women within witchcraft. So she was the first one to create the dynamic where women have power just by themselves. But also like I read her book and it's very much like if you have a penis, you're evil. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we do want to do an episode about um, problematic witches. Mm -hmm. So you'll definitely hear more about her in that episode whenever we get to it. Yes. And I do also want to give a word of warning to people of um, Nordic or German descent. If you're trying to do ancestral research for um, your practice, there are witches who are full stop, like 
Nazis, white supremacists, and use um, pagan, yep. yeah, and use pagan German or Nordic deities and ideas as a way to support their ideology. So just be careful of that. Um, one of the things that I've learned is my local witchcraft store is very intersectional, very feminist, very conscious of that stuff. And one of their practitioners is actually does Nordic practice. So I know that they're being very mindful about all the stuff they put in their store. So I know if I buy something from them, it's definitely not going to be related to this kind of darker side of Nordic practice. Yeah, I was the other day trying to look up the, the symbol for Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and the internet was like, did you mean the swastika? And I was like, no, please, please mm-hmm. take that away. I did not mean to Google swastika. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes. And on that note, also just your local uh, witchcraft store is a great resource for you because you can go there and like not only just find a trusted resource for crystals or books or stuff like that you can also find community they might have classes that's just a good starting point if you don't really know where to go and if you're like me and live in the middle of nowhere and don't have your own witchcraft store you can use katie's witchcraft store ritual craft uh, yep. they have an online store i buy from them Yes, exactly. They're lovely. <laughs> I like them. I take classes from them. I'm actually a little bummed because my new, like one of my new year's resolutions for this year was to take at least one class from them every month. And now it's over and I successfully did that. But now I'm kind of like, oh, well, I don't have an excuse to spend, you know, way too much money <laughs> taking classes every month. So nice. Well, now you don't have to do it every month, maybe every other month. Yes. But yeah, I, I've learned a lot this year. It's been very, very formative. I liked it. Cool. All right. So I think that's everything Mm -hmm. that we wanted to talk about as far as resources for beginner witches. Um, The list never really ends, but these were just what we found really useful for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we wanted to share those with you. uh, And just in case, you know, they're they're useful for you. We want to be able to help you out as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Yep. And yeah, uh, I feel like this is just kind of us giving recommendations, you know, as we're, you know, giving this with full hearts and with the best intentions, but, you know, sometimes other people's recommendations just aren't going to be your cup of tea. So, you know, just give us feedback. Um, you know, if you think we're dead wrong, let us know, but yeah. I mean, if something's problematic too, I had a book on my book list that someone recommended and um, I saw a PSA on like a Facebook group that said, Hey, just, you know, wanted to let you all know in case you had this book on your list, like I did uh, the author's a turf. And Mm -hmm. I removed that from my book list. I was like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't spend money on that. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you read something in a book, again, we're, everyone's fallible. So if you read something and you go, Hey, you know, you recommended this, but this author has this section here that you, that is super problematic. How come you didn't address that? You know, we can definitely come back and and address that. You know, maybe it's something that we miss because it doesn't affect us. And, you know, we're always trying to be better allies. Um, So, you know, we want to make sure that we're giving people the full story. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, you can you can contact us. Um, we're available on Gmail, uh, babywitchpod at gmail.com. We've had one person contact us so far. Thank you, one person. 
but yeah, so you can find us there. You can find us on Instagram. Uh, we're probably most active on Instagram. And um, that's baby witch pod. And then Twitter is also baby witch pod. And I, I try to update that on a fairly regular basis. You'll see it's like no activity for three weeks. And all of a sudden I like 18 posts in an hour. Yes. Although I don't know. I'm thinking I need to take like some action shots of Colorado in the winter for our Yule posts. I think I so. have some good Yule posts going. I made a little um, homemade wreath with my neighbor Ooh. and I took some pictures of my mom's candles when I was decorating her house. Mm-hmm. So I've got some, uh, some in my back pocket here. Yeah, no, I've been getting into the winter vibes. I went uh, skiing in like a whiteout blizzard this last Saturday and I was very much like, yeah motherfucking winter. <laughs> of course you did well i um i don't know well i've been trying to work more with nordic stuff in this last year i learned about scotty who's the goddess of like um snow and she lives in the mountains and is the goddess of skiing and i was like yeah scotty you do you do your shit i'm i get you girl this is yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna let you keep her in your pantheon i uh, do not need a goddess of snow in mine i'm been- still not a snow bunny can't do it that's okay what (laughs) one day i might entice you out here with promises of hot springs or something or other yeah we'll see all right (laughs) well i it's been great talking to you and yeah until next time yeah we'll talk to you all in two weeks on the next magical monday bye